to the intentional bride, a space created to nurture your heart in God's love. Let's get intentional. Hey and welcome to another episode of the Intentional Bride. Happy Sunday. What a beautiful day to give thanks to God. God is good all the time. He is amazing. And we exist, we are, and we shall continue to be because of his amazing, amazing love for us. Welcome. If this is your first time, uh, don't forget to subscribe on podbean.com as well as you can follow at Intentional Bride on Instagram. So today's episode is on grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor on our lives. And I want to start as maybe two-part series or three-part series on grace versus different aspects in our life and in this particular episode i want to speak on grace versus sin and what what does grace say for us in the middle of our weaknesses what does grace say for us when we are not perfect what does grace say for us when we are struggling struggling to do what is right And even if we're giving it our all, we keep messing up over and over again. What does grace say for you who has tried your best to be faithful in your walk? Or, you know, you just, you know, you're not even asking for much. You just want to have relationship with God. But every day you wake up and you're just like, "Mm," you'll be messing up day in, day out. And you're like, you know what? There isn't room for me in this religious space there's no room for me in this christian walk and maybe you go to church and on that particular sunday the word is so heavy and it convicts you and you're like i've been struggling with this my whole life i've been struggling with this the last six months i've been struggling with this the last two days and the pastor has spoken the way he's spoken and then it feels like there's no space for you so what does grace say for you when god created the world i imagine and he put adam and eve in that situation and they went ahead and they ate the fruit of good and evil and they now are aware on what's right and was was not wrong from that very point the nature of who we are pretty much became destined to be unfaithful to god and we see this through the old testament on the many instances God came through the through for the children of Israel and then many times they went ahead and fell back into sin. And many times I would ask myself, what in the world would get you from the point where you have seen God show up for you? You have seen fire before you. You've seen fire, clouds of fire. You've seen manna fall from heaven. You've seen the very essence of God's power manifested before your eyes, but still you got drawn back into a life of sin what kind of ungrateful child would you be but god knew that subjecting people to a life of law and rules and regulations was pretty much setting them up for failure and so he sent his son and his son then died on the cross for us and absorbed all our punishment he absorbed all our iniquities and not only did he absorb the consequence of all our sin in that moment he abolished the law and the reason he abolished the law was so that he could remain a symbol of hope and a symbol of peace and a symbol of forgiveness so that we who are living here you know the rest of us humans who are just living on this earth who are struggling 
to keep it together, who are struggling to stay faithful in our walk with Jesus, would have this symbol, this God, this Son of God, this Jesus, who if we cried out through him, then suddenly there is grace. And this is how we access the unmerited grace of God through his son, Jesus Christ. So that every time God looks on me as Wadoni, he says, you know what? He sees his son. So he sees his son standing in the gap for me and, you know, saying to him, listen, I know what it means to be human. I've been there. I've walked the walk. I've talked the talk. It's not easy. Have mercy on Wadoni. And there is where my unmerited favor lies god doesn't doesn't treat us as our sins deserve he doesn't repay us according to our iniquities i for one know that if god repaid me for my sin i would not be here today i know in one day there's probably like six thousand things i do wrong there's probably so many things that i do that make me fall short of his glory but in, he repeatedly looks upon me with love with favor, with grace. Because it's no longer about me, but it's about the sacrifice his son made on the cross. So that if I fear that, and if I believe in that, then I am covered by that. But does, that, does this mean that I have a ticket to sin? No, it doesn't mean I have a ticket to sin. Because my relationship with God should cause renewal of my mind. It should cause a transformation in character. It should cause me to be drawn away from the things that don't glorify him and drawn into the things that bring him glory. But it's not a perfect science. Sometimes my weaknesses come into play. Sometimes my desires come into play. Sometimes distractions come and they take over. Sometimes friendships, sometimes relationships, sometimes, sometimes my marriage, sometimes there are things that will stand in the path of me walking on this holy, quote-unquote, holy walk. And completely consume and distract me from that process. And that's where, I, once again, grace speaks for me. But how awesome is his grace? Isn't it amazing that your weaknesses should immediately drive you to God? On one hand, where you're struggling, be it with pornography, be it with masturbation, be it with immorality, be it with fornication, whatever it is you're struggling with. On this side, God is so consumed and interested in you. But because of this left hand, the things that you're doing, the immediate instinct would be to hide and say, God, you know, I cannot come into your presence today. Yesterday I was so high. I literally have no right to come and say, Father, in the name of Jesus. But on this other hand, that is exactly what you should be doing. You should be coming into his presence and saying, you know what, Father, in the name of Jesus, so that he actually hears you. You go before his presence with Jesus standing between the two of you and you say, God, I need help. That is not the time to hide. That is not the time to feel less than. That's not the time to listen to the lies that the devil will be spewing in your ears, that you're not enough. You don't deserve to be speaking to people. You don't deserve to be having a podcast. For the few people that listen to you, they don't deserve to listen because you're messing up. It's not about that. It's about my consistent running to God so that he can consistently pour out his love, pour out more and more grace over my life until I get it right. I have the rest of my life to do this thing. 
I have the rest of my life to live. I am not perfect. I will sin every other day, if not every day. I will mess up. Before I understood grace, I would go through a season where I wouldn't do the best. You know, I would be messing up. Then I would become super religious. Super religious. Or super like, oh God, it's just me and you. And have this rigid lifestyle. And I would condemn my sin. And I would condemn myself against that sin. And I would take extreme measures. So if it's a friend, I remove myself. If it's whatever it is, I'd remove myself. So I'm not learning. I'm not learning from the situation. I quickly remove myself and have nothing to do with that person. Nothing to do with that situation. And then live this holier than thou life waiting for God to reward my effort. But it is until recently, God looked at me and he was like, daughter, it's not about that. It's about you acknowledging that you are weak. You are imperfect. You are less than. You will mess up. You will do the most. But above all else, God, at the end of the day, is looking to you to run back to him and say, help I wonder which one of you, at least those of you who are parents, if you had a child and they, they, you know, they messed up, they messed up really bad. But if they came and held on to you and said, mom or dad, I'm really, really sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry I broke the TV. Please forgive me. In that moment, would you, you know, say, get out of my sight. You're no longer my son. Would you be like, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Are you okay? Did you get hurt? You know, of course you discipline, but did you get hurt? Did you, did anything happen? Are you okay? And that's the love that my heavenly father has for you and for me. So this is just not me coming up with this, this scripture. So, but I want to encourage you before I read the scripture, keep running to God for forgiveness. Keep running to God, never get tired. Even if you pray today, now in this moment for forgiveness, God forgive me, I just lied to someone. Help me not lie again. And the next sentence that comes out of your mouth is another lie. You know, just keep running to God for that situation. He will never get tired of you. You're the one who gets tired of yourself. He will never get tired of you. Psalms 103, 10 to 11 says, He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. First John 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, if you're faithful to confess your sins, he is faithful to forgive you and cleanse you it doesn't stop at forgiveness it stops at a it also in addition cleanses so every time you go into his presence and you say imagine i messed up i messed up i did something wrong not only does he forgive he forgives and he cleanses isn't that just grace romans five twenty. now the law came to increase the trespass but where sin increased grace abounded all the more so God, like I said, he figured out the law is a mess. He came to increase your trespass. So the law just increases the fact that you're wrong. But where sin increases, grace abounds. So sin is increasing, but grace is abounding. So sin increases and grace abounds. So grace abounds. Grace surrounds the sin so that it's contained. 
God contains it for you so that you can learn to overcome it. So it's like a teachable moment. So you, you, for instance, you have a knife, you're cutting up your, your carrots, you cut your, your hand. You have your parent or whoever come through, apply a bandage, tell you to be careful next time, but still hand you over the same knife. But now it's contained. So you're aware on the damage it can do. Your parent has instructed you on how to cut. So then you wield the same weapon and you do a better job. In the same way, grace, sin increases, but grace abounds because the sin is there. The sin is never going to go away. Sin is something that's part of us as long as we're on this earth. But his grace abounds. It contains it. It bandages it. It contains it for you to learn from it, for you to grow from it, for you to mature in it. And lastly, Psalms 103 verse 12, as far as the east from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I want to close with that scripture. Psalms 103, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed your transgressions from you. I want you to know the heart of your father. Yes, he hates sin. Yes, he cannot stand sin. But what he cannot stand more is our lost soul. And your soul is by far the most important thing to him. And he is not interested in losing you. He's not interested in losing the generations that will come from you. He's not interested in your religion. He's not interested in your background. Oh God, but you know, my mom was like this and so I'm like this. Or my father was like, he's not interested in all of that. He's just listened. He's just interested in you. And that's who he's after. That's who he chases after. It's that simple. It's that simple. And in him, you will find rest. In him, you will find freedom. In him, you will find love. The word is grace. The word is grace. The word is favor. The word is love. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope you can make this space a home for your heart.